0: This is Claudia Gray, and you're listening to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. O is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them.
1: Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Hello,
2: I am C3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star. Wars. Another chapter is here. Welcome to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co host. She is a friend as dear to me as Wreath is to Ram. It's Lindsay.
0: Aww, that was adorable. Right?
2: I try sometimes that was really cute. I need to like lure you guys in and make you think like I'm emotional. So that way when I give you like a really bad one, you're like, oh, I'm so hurt. It hurts a
0: little bit less, or
2: No, oh, it hurts a little yeah, bit no, more. I would say
0: it hurts. No, no, it hurts a little bit less because you're like, you know what? he still loves me.
2: What I also love are the Padme books by E.K. Johnston. Uh, If you also love those books, or if you haven't gotten into them yet, we have an audio clip of the newest installment, Queen's Hope, which happens around the Revenge of the Sith timeline uh, at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Today, guys, we are going to be talking about a book that will cause you all kinds of pain in the good tragedy kind of way, Uh, and that is the last YA book in Phase 1 of The High Republic, Midnight Horizon, by Daniel Jose Older so uh, but since we are finished with phase one of this project we thought it would be fun to play a little game so we have a rapid fire uh, five question game to kind of get a feel for our overall feelings about the High Republic so far so I have come up with five uh, five questions for Lindsay and she has come up with five questions for me and uh, we have not shown each other or told each other what those are going to be. So, Lindsay, are you ready to do this? I'm very excited about this.
0: I am. I wonder. I wonder how many of ours are the same.
2: All right. Well, do you want me to go first, or do you want you want me to ask first, um, or do you want to ask first?
0: Uh, I'll I'll go first. Oh God! All right. <sighs> okay. All right. Real real quick to uh, before I ask, since it is going to be rapid fire, I'm going to specify this as well. When I say book. I really mean all forms. So, book could be book, comic book, uh, audio book. Okay. What's I, the audio play, whatever it is, drama. I, I will. So,
2: I will preface my. I will preface my answers with. I have not caught up on all of the comics. I'm pretty significantly behind on comics, but I've read all of the books and, uh, of course, listened to Tempest Runner. So.
0: Okay. In that case, then favorite book.
2: Favorite book. Um, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Uh, I think it's Test of Courage.
0: Wow. Yeah. doesn't surprise me with you, though. Uh,
2: Vernestra is mm, top tier, top tier. Uh, Wait, wait,
0: wait. No, no, no. Don't don't, give me any hints for just rapid question. Don't give me any hints for for questions I might ask later on.
2: I'm cheating. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Number two.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, I guess we'll just jump to it favorite character
2: uh it is a three-way tie between vernestra orla Janeri, and Briaga. what a tie i love all of them for different reasons all right all right should
0: okay i'll, um, I'll, I'll rapid fire
2: why i love them so so much because I, I okay. I'm, so, like Vernestra, that. because she is just like goals. Orla, because she is a way seeker and has white lightsabers and is basically the High Republic version of Ahsoka. And the reason she's not standing alone is just because we didn't get enough of her. And Briaga, because come on, Wookiee Jedi. Like, let's go. All right, continue. All <laughs> right,
0: favorite author.
2: Favorite author ooh. Justina Ireland.
0: All right. Um, favorite organization?
2: Favorite organization, like within the the books?
0: Yeah, like Jedi, Republic Army, Nile.
2: Uh, Jedi.
0: All right. And then, final question: Are you ready?
2: Uh, I probably not, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> um do
0: you think we're gonna see the sith in phase two no okay
2: phase three we'll talk
0: all right all right really thinking ahead there okay all right you ready i am
2: it's funny we end up having some similar ones so number one favorite book
0: figured uh rising storm
2: okay Okay. Yeah. Num- number 2, most impactful moment.
0: Ooh, um for me, I would actually say when Orla dies.
2: Favorite character or tandem of characters.
0: It would be Orla for really the reasons that you had specified she in my opinion was the um, Ahsoka of the High Republic, which is also why I had a feeling that like this question was coming, which is why I didn't elaborate. Um, but that's why it was such an impactful thing for me, because I feel like when she died, her ability to really influence other Jedi the way that she did also died along with her.
2: I do have a, I do have a question, just quick if you know. Her species, I don't remember what species she is. Do we know how long they live? Is there a possibility she's in...
0: Phase two. Uh, well, I mean, didn't she die from, from the Vengar?
2: Yeah, but phase two is going back yeah. 150 years, remember? Oh, you're right. And like <gasps> Porter Angle from one of the earlier books, I can't remember specifically which one, I think it was one of the uh, YA ones, is going to be in there. They've said that he's going to be in there. Yoda will be in there. So... I need to research that. I just literally just thought of that. That there's still maybe wow. some hope.
0: Wow, you're I would I would absolutely love that. Just because to me it's the impact that she has would be amazing. Um, so to be able to see who had an impact on her, I would absolutely love.
2: Right, and I'm then
0: looking e- now, I can't find anything about the the average lifespan.
2: Okay, well we'll have to we'll have to look at yeah we'll,
0: we'll do a little this. digging yeah
2: okay. Best author performance.
0: What do you mean by performance?
2: Which author brought it the best? So now which one's your favorite, but which one do you think executed okay, the best? I'm going
0: to give it to Kevin Scott. Not because unlike you, i you, uh, Tempest Runner wasn't exactly my jam or anything. Um, but I, I like what he did and where he took it and the way that he kind of innovates new things. Um, So I'm going to give it to Kevin Scott.
2: Yeah, good one. All right, and you can kind of take this one in whichever direction you want to take it. Prediction for phase two.
0: Oh. See, my my thought really was more along the lines of it's going to contradict you, but I would not be surprised if we saw the Sith and we see how maybe their earlier machinations nations start to come into play before they they really go into hiding or before they are really thought to be extinct. I would love to see them somehow pulling the Nile strings or maybe starting to create the shadow organization that we then become to know that we then come to know as the Nile um so that's really my big big hope for phase two okay
2: see I'm kind of thinking that's more phase three where you know we have a uh... The Acolyte, which is supposed to be at the end of the High Republic era. Not that I think it's going to be a cap of the High Republic. Like, I don't think it's going to end the whole big, like, production that is the High Republic. I think they'll keep that to the books. But I feel like the Sith... I feel like if we're going, like, 150 years back... We we're So, that's 300 years back from Phantom Menace. It Phase 3 has to pick up... Does it pick up right after Phase 1? Or do we go, like... Thirty or fifty years in the future, so we're a little bit closer to Phantom Menace. I don't know. Uh, it's it's intriguing to think about. I don't think anybody had on their uh, on their bingo board had going back one hundred and fifty years for Phase Two. Like no, 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 no. I know I did not. I I, I really, I guess really, other than philosophies on the Force and kind of the interactions and the intertwining of the uh, of the Republic and the Jedi, everything else for me has been pretty unexpected. Like, they're yeah, doing a I lot mean, of really I, interesting if, stuff. If you,
0: if you think about kind of what we learned in High Republic and who the major players were, I would not be surprised either if part of going this far back is more focused on the the Tekkos.
2: Mm, that would yeah and kind of the the hyperspace lanes and all of that stuff
0: yeah Yeah. i i think that has a lot of questions that not necessarily have to be answered but give an interesting opportunity to be answered
2: yeah and as much as like i know the higher or not the high republic the old republic is important to people and stuff like that and this isn't to to diminish that in any way but i kind of like the this is only a couple hundred years before not this is thousands of years before one because mm-hmm. it still gives us that room to play um with old republic stuff uh, and you can lead into it but i feel like this is more of a realistic take on how things progress in the world you know like The United States has been around for like, what, like 300 years, you know, 250 or whatever. I can't math. I'm a reading teacher. But like, we haven't been around that long. And look how much like our country has changed. Look how much the world has changed in the past 300 years from, you know, the 1700s. It's like, it's much more realistic that way. But then also you can see... You can see, like, if you go back and look at history, the trends that happen and the patterns that happen and how, you know, the one thing leads to another much more directly than you can, like, going back to, uh, you know, the Mayan civilizations and stuff like that. Yeah. PC you know,
0: like- and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like- and, and I mean, look, to your point, it gives you the opportunity To still keep a lot of the same players right like they don't have to be the main characters but there's these background characters who can come in and out
2: well and i i think i i mean i don't think i know i have to give like major props to this team that's put everything together like i don't think there was any doubt when they announced who the the creators were going to be that this was going to be top tier stuff when you've got Kevin Scott, Charles Sewell, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older. Uh, am I missing anybody? I feel like I'm missing someone.
0: I feel like you are.
2: Apologies to anybody that I am missing. Um, I'm probably, I'm definitely missing somebody's favorite author and they're yelling at their radio right now. Um, but like, I don't think anybody really thought that this was going to fall flat on its face in any way, shape, or form. But they really have shown that like they get star Wars because yes, even though, and and I was talking with drew about this, even though none of the high Republic books would make it in my top five and it's possible. None of them would even make it in my top 10. They are all fantastic books and it's a fantastic story. It's just, you know, personal taste for me is i like those more intimate character study books like the uh you know leia princess valderon bloodline dark disciple like i like those that are more intimately with just one character but i think with the high republic they never tried to preface it by like m- they never made us think like we're gonna get really close to like Avar and Elzar and Stellan and those are going to be our focus things. It was we're going to do this whole huge thing where there's a lot of Jedi and everybody is going to get fed, you know, and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, for me personally, I knew going in. All right. That's not going to be exactly, you know, my absolute favorite way of telling stories because of personal preference, but it has a lot of possibility in it. It to me, it's absolutely delivered uh, on on what it said it was going to do. Has it exceeded it? Uh, for me, I don't personal know.
0: Personal preference. Personal yeah. preference. Because to, to your point too, like, Rising Storm, I had a lot of criticisms for and I, I stick with them. You know, it's not my personal preference to have the tension set up in the way it was. It's also not my personal preference to have these big ensemble things. But at the end of the day, it's enjoyable, it sticks with you, it's something where maybe I would one day go back and and reread and be in a different place in my life and a different headspace and have different thoughts and be into, maybe, who knows. But all in all, it's like, to, to your point, it opened up a new era where new fans can come in who... Maybe they're not thrilled with the sequels and they they still want something new. They still want new Star Wars. It stays so true to the common themes and the common concepts of good organization, fighting a bad organization. Here's the difference between hope and and just pure evil. And here's some really interesting characters sprinkled throughout. I don't think every single, again, I completely agree with you that I would not necessarily put any of these books in my top five. To your point, maybe not even my top 10. But, 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 unlike Thrawn books, I can understand why these would be in someone else's top five.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's to, you know, put it into perspective. It's kind of like the alphabet squadron books, right? Like you and I weren't extremely high on those, but when we talk to, you know, Sam or Drew or whoever, like... Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense why it is right up their alley, you know? Um, Yep, yep. So I've decided I'm reading Queen's Hope right now, which, uh, spoiler alert, we will have an exclusive clip from Queen's Mm -hmm. Hope at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that if you are either A, uh, deciding on whether you want to get this book, or B, you are uh, like some of our friends who are waiting on pre-orders to arrive because this book has been... Oh, it, 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 it props to E.K. Johnston. I'm sure she, her her sanity has worn thin as they are trying to figure out release dates for this stuff. Um, things are just gotten absolutely crazy. So, um, But yeah, we will have Queen's Hope a uh, little clip at the end for you guys. But after I finish reading that, I decided I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread all three of the adult High Republic novels back to back and then the three uh, YA novels back to back and kind of... Get that going through the whole, uh, the the timeline more closely together for myself. You mm. know, like going reading them back to back to back because
0: that's a good idea. Yeah,
2: it, it's kind of like you know going and reading like a, a Harry Potter or a Hunger Games or whatever. You pick up those little things that you're like, oh, they set that up in the first book, and I didn't realize it because I read the first book a year before, and right. they've been coming out with so many books rapidly, like. Normally I try to reread the previous books in the series before the new one comes out. And it has just been absolutely insane to keep daunting. up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, I mean, personally I've kind of reached the point where I'm like, you know what? Comics are not my jam. I'm probably not going to be trying to keep up with those. Um, because I, I just, it's, it's, I it's a that, lot, yeah. you know? Um, So,
0: it's, it's a time and a, honestly a money commitment too to keep up that intensely with something that you're not totally gung ho on and sacrifice the time and money for other things. Yeah, I get that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, public library, um, when I do read the comics, that's how I've been reading them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think. Comics just aren't for me. And and you know what? That's okay. Like, that's the great that's thing right. about... I
1: that's think that's the right. great
2: thing about this era where we are, which I don't want to dump on Legends, but my major complaint with Legends is that they all follow, for the most part, a very similar structure of mm-hmm. three-part action-adventure. There you go. That's it. Uh, and they're fun, but at, at a certain point when I'm reading them, I start to get worn out and I need something to add some variety to the <laughs> storytelling style.
0: They're fun until they're not.
2: Yeah, it just it it yeah. kind of gets to the point where I'm like I still want to read Star Wars, but I need something that's not just a three-part action adventure book. Mm-hmm. And that is what we have been getting in this Disney era. And so, I think my one one complaint with High Republic is it's taken up so much time that i feel like we haven't gotten the other books as much i'm very excited about reading yeah, queen's hope yeah to get back to that the, the you know uh, as ek johnson tweeted out where the characters are the plot uh kind of that books was
0: so good i uh, saw that
2: i remember queen's shadow i remember you going i don't know what the plot of this book was <laughs>
0: I, that was exactly what i thought of when i saw that i was like oh man i feel like this is a burn directly to me yeah yeah
2: so well let's get specifically into uh into this book and uh let's do our pre-discussion ratings and um, uh Lindsay, i'll let you go first on this out of five kyber crystals how many kyber crystals do you get this
0: I am going to generously and maturely give this three.
2: Wow. Okay. I'm interested on the generous and maturely aspect of that, but uh, I am going to agree <laughs> with you. Uh, three out of five. I think okay. it was a, a solid performance. Uh, and yeah, so let's, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk a bit about Midnight okay. horizon. And I want to start with this question that uh, drew texted me. So you guys got to talk about this on the show his question and and i honestly am not 100 percent sure on my answer yet so i'm really excited to hear what you have to say what is the significance of the title midnight horizon why is that the title wow wow everything else makes sense light of the jedi makes sense rising storm is easy even fallen star has multiple meanings test of courage they literally go through a test of courage into the dark? They go into okay. a dark place that hasn't been... Midnight Horizon? No, it's... What do, you, what do you think?
0: That's such a fantastic question.
2: That you're trying to parse out an answer to as we speak? I
0: really... I'm not even going through necessarily, like, the plot of the book or the, the points of the book. I'm trying to actually go through different ways you could interpret the phrase midnight horizon
2: see that's what i'm kind of thinking too is like all right it's the darkness is on the horizon the midnight of the jedi is starting to come to fruition the end of the jedi is starting to come to fruition so whatever whatever martian has manifested here the results of this is going to be what leads to the prequel jedi in that fall somehow somewhere, because i I, they have an end game in mind there's no way that they don't but yeah i don't know i i'm not a particular fan i don't know what i would call this you know uh if it wasn't midnight horizon but i don't know if that title really fits with just the context of what we have now
0: no but it's it's strange too because when you kind of think of it this way also like the word midnight to me has almost a me- negative connotation in terms of darkness something ending whereas horizon has literary wise kind of always been that signal of hope and what you reach for so it's kind of like that weird you know oxymoron almost
2: that's interesting. I guess I'm thinking of it like more like midnight is on the horizon or the horizon is coming uh, because I will say, I mean, this is a complaint I think I have for the the entirety of the High Republic is it feels like they're always saying that, oh, yeah, the Jedi have the Nile handled in there. They're, you know, they're gone. They're just cleaning them up or whatever. Every book I feel like we're reading that, but it's like, but every time, like, the, the, after the Republic Fair, you guys thought the, the Nile were just done? Like, after that? Uh, after, you know, releasing the Drengear, you just thought they were done? Like, all right, we caused our havoc. We're leaving or whatever. So I think maybe the Midnight Horizon is finally realizing that this darkness is going to cover the entirety of the galaxy because going into, uh, you know, Corellia into the the core systems into the industrial center and using that as a weapon against the republic itself using their own weapons against them i mean that's something that you know they never thought was going to happen you know it's it's kind of like you know to to give a hunger games analogy you know you had uh what is it what district one right is what it's called the main center yeah and they didn't think anything could ever get to them because they've got all these you know great things going on for them and stuff like that but it's like eventually that's all that havoc all that you know pain that comes from just letting people run wild and letting you know these pirates do whatever they want is going to to hit you it's going to run out of room to spread out and it's going to start spreading in or it's going to get tired of spreading out and it's going to spread in so I mean the Nile really are and and Martian in particular are an infection in a way you know they are infecting the galaxy by causing all these disasters I, I, I feel like almost because we know the Jedi as a whole are going to survive into the prequels that we haven't really taken the Nile as seriously as we should as a threat Mm. because we have the great disaster, which killed hundreds of thousands, millions of possibly even billions of people. I have to go back and revisit light of the Jedi for that one. You have the Republic fair, which that was 250 pages of just, the nile destroying everybody (laughs) and then you have fallen i mean literally like they literally hit them in every way possible they hit them on a galactic unpredictable scale with the great disaster they hit them very tactically and directly with the republic fair and then very covertly and under the radar in tearing apart starlight beacon like they have hit them in every way possible, and yet it still feels like the galaxy is just like, yeah, but they they've got them, they've got them. They're they're clearing them out. And I'm like, are they? Are they? Or is Martian clearing them out?
0: It's something that I'm so interested to see. To to the thought of yeah, we know the Jedi survive and they're okay, and, and the Nile don't. Like I can't imagine that an organization like that just evaporates right i want to yeah. see maybe in phase three like what they what they became
2: mm. like do they are you thinking like do they evolve into the the black suns and stuff like that yeah or? yeah okay
0: like that's exactly it yeah
2: like maybe they they splinter off or yeah It'd be really cool if you had, and this is like a total pipe dream, but if you had the Nile directly like linked to the Shadow Collective and what Mall puts together, like if somehow they could connect those things together, like what the Nile did set up the possibility of the Shadow Collective being able to be a thing. I don't know how that would work, but it'd be cool. But with we've seen weirder things. We, we've seen weirder things with Mall. I mean, uh, (laughs) but so with this book, this was like the first time that I felt like, and a lot of people said this for fallen star. I didn't feel this as much. I felt like I was missing information because I haven't been keeping up with the comics. Like I know from talking with friends that, uh, there are things and some of these characters are in the adventure comics that Daniel Jose older did, which I haven't read, And I just felt like there was relational background, especially with um, like Zine and Lula and Wreath and Ram and and them that I just didn't have. And so some of those emotional moments didn't hit for me the way that I think Daniel Jose Older intended them to. Did you get that feeling, especially with Zine and Lula?
0: Not so much, Um, And certainly not any information that I found was crazy important. But also, I don't necessarily regard this entire book as crazy important. So maybe that's it. where, Where if it was something like, you know, Rising Storm. Or if it was something like even Tempest Runner, like, if I was missing information there, I think it would have really bugged me because they are such important stories. Whereas this, and, and this kind of goes to my overall criticism of this story. Like it was cute, you know, and and that's not necessarily how I want my star Wars. I felt like so much of this was kind of just like a cute little story and it didn't really have a place in high Republic in my opinion.
2: It felt to me, it felt cartoonish in a way.
0: Yeah, like the, a lot of the quote unquote humor, I think felt very, very flat. Yeah, honestly, this book reminded me a lot of some episodes of Visions, where I was just like, "eh, like it's it's cutesy, it's this little little ditty of a story." It, I didn't necessarily need to know a lot of this information, and I ooh, didn't see.
2: I I. I would disagree with you. Well, maybe, okay, Yoda's arrival, we can get to later, because that's obviously important. But I think this book had a lot to say about relationships and their dynamics within the Jedi, Jedi to other people, Jedi to themselves, the way that they relate to the Order, the way that... Uh, you know, they relate to other people in how they relate to the order. Like that's kind of like a love triangle kind of thing. Like, am I committed to the order? Am I committed to uh, this partner that I really I like care it. about? So
0: that's, that's actually something I really wanted to talk to you a little bit more because I, I love that in all of the high Republic stuff. Like, that was a real underlying theme that I absolutely loved. And I hope we get back to more. Um, that is something that worked really well for me, but I just felt like it was once again done in, like you said, a cartoonish way.
2: Um, I feel like the cartoonish stuff comes from Crash specifically. I don't know if I would put the cartoonish mm, stuff there. onto everyone else. And I will, I will say... Having them name, having uh, you know, her name Crash, really made me think of Crash Bandicoot every time I read it, and made it very hard to keep a visual image in my head, which probably didn't help with the cartoonish aspect of things. And to to be fair, I think Daniel Jose Older goes for that style because like the majority of his books have that, like you could imagine it in like a '90s Disney cartoon kind of aspect of it with the Bon Brax and, uh, you know, crash being, you know, kind of over the top, uh, bodyguard and stuff like that. Like I could, I could see it at, you know, like running like right after the Aladdin TV show on Disney channel. Uh, and that's not a knock on it. I just think that that's again, a, a style preference where right. you, you and I are more into that diving deep into the psychology. And I think, Uh, older, you know, weaves that a little tighter, you know, in between all of these big bombastic characters. Um, But I think, you know, you had all these different kinds of relationships. You had the friends of, you know, Wreath and Ram. You had uh, two Jedi Masters who questioned themselves and questioned the Order, and Comac and cantum you have cantum and his partner you have zine and lula you have crash and Pridebolt. uh like you've got relationship dynamics on every level that yes you have in the other books but i think the other books more so are jedi jedi to jedi and this one really pushes it outside of uh, of that of jedi to Uh, the Order itself, Jedi to partners, Jedi to people they love, people who have the Force but aren't Jedi that relate to the Jedi. And how do they relate to the Order without being a part of the Order? How do they relate to the people in the Order without there being, you know, I don't know. I, I think he took it in a lot of different directions. I think when we focus on the plot, the plot itself, not super exciting makes perfect sense solid plot no real like major gaps in in my mind but it really all to me comes down to the relationship dynamics between the characters and the questions that those cause them to ask themselves and thus those cause the readers to ask themselves and i think putting this you know here in this specific spot, instead of having this be in like the second wave of stuff, because you could have you could have moved this kind of story around, but putting it right at the end where we're left with all these questions and now we're going back. It's it's I mean it's what Fallen Star did. We we get to the end of Fallen Star and we're like, wait, what? Like now we have to wait for all of this stuff? Like we need to wait for the answers to all of this. And I feel like on a smaller scale, this does the same thing. Like with Comac for example, like this is a big question I had. Why did he walk away? Like that was abrupt. Yeah. Like
0: Seriously, yeah. do do we have an answer to that? Like
2: I don't I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean huh. I think this is my bigger issue with High Republic in general is there are too many players. And it's not even there's too many stories or there's too many mediums. There's too many players where it's like, can you really fully invest in any one? I know Drew can with Avar Chris. I can't necessarily, I would say Orla is the most invested I, I was with a character throughout phase one, but I just don't think that there's enough investment in most of these characters that people are really demanding a lot of the answers to these questions
2: yeah like we don't understand them enough it do you think it's we don't understand them enough or we haven't had enough time with them like because we have you know characters like ahsoka and luke and anakin like we have years and years of personal time you know not necessarily even considering like the timeline in galaxy we have all of this personal time spent with them and thinking about them do you think? that maybe that will evolve as we have more time with these characters? Or do you think that the nature of how these are written is going to limit that?
0: It seems like right now the nature of how these are written are going to limit that. Because I don't mean time as in how many books. I mean time as in what's the percentage of that book that they get. Like I would love Mm. to look at some of these kind of larger books, right? And say, okay, for this, you know, 450 page book how much what's what's the percentage that Stellan is in right it's it's not like other books where to to your style preference it's this intimate character study where you're with one character 80 percent of the time you're probably with most of these characters five percent of the time so it doesn't matter if they're spanning across four or five different books if you're still only with them for a total of 20 percent of that
2: yeah well and I think then, and this kind of goes to something else that Drew sent that uh, to discuss, of, like, it limits the character's motivation, or limits our understanding of the character's motivation. Like, unless you have a character like Zine, who basically just says, like, I'm in love with Lula, and I need to tell her, which, side note, shout out to everybody in the High Republic, but... Just because they're on my mind specifically right now, DJO and Justina Ireland for for queer representation in these books, just like making it normal and, and that, not making a big my, deal about to, it.
0: Yes, yes, that's always my point too. Like you do it in a subtle way where it's not just like hitting you on the head with this crazy message. It's just like these are these are just two two characters. We're giving them the same treatment and visibility as everyone else, and this is just a a, a fact of their lives. This isn't yeah. something that. We have to sit there and explain why it's okay, or make it this crazy big deal.
2: Yeah, it just—it just is. This person cares about this person. Yeah, there you go. That's a relationship, and they have them. I will sp- say they too,
0: we, we, <laughs> we as a fandom will never speak of him again, probably. But Chuck Welding did a really good job with that too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He, well. He did a job in his stories in
0: his stories.
2: Well, here's a question for you and then I want to get back to Komiak real quick, but do you feel and and I'm this mind you, this is like two straight people like talking right now. So mm this is a very particular perspective, but do you feel more connected with the queer couples in the books because you're rooting for them because of a lack of representation that they've had to date? Cause I find myself always rooting for them a little bit more. I'm like, don't break them up. We've worked too hard to get here. Or do you just view it all as the same?
0: Oh man. You know, I don't know if I should or bad about this answer, but no, I don't. I kind of see them as, as the same. Interesting. Unless it is a, oh, you know what? She's never going to listen to this. I can say it. Um, you know, my, my twin sister is gay and I don't necessarily root for certain relationships that she has to succeed because I really want that representation out there. I root for her relations to, relationships to succeed if I really like that girl. There's been... A, you know one specific ex-girlfriend <laughs> we literally have like seances to bring her back into our lives and other girls where it's just like you suck please stop coming to my family parties like I, <laughs> I think for me it's it's very much like i have to feel that connection to both characters and to their relationship i don't necessarily write off the bat root for them because it's a same-sex
2: couple Okay, it's just an interesting uh, observation yeah. I made about myself as I, a reader. And that's but, why I
0: really don't know if that makes me more elevated in my consciousness or if it makes me a bigot. I hope it does not make me.
2: <laughs> I I think it's a I think it's one of those six to one half dozen another things like it's just a matter of like how we read based on our life experiences. Like you have a more intimate you know relationship with with someone in in a same-sex couple that you spent more time with than I have just by circumstance of life not by you know choice one way or the other it just that's the lives that we've lived so for you it's probably a little bit easier to just this is gonna sound weird but like to just go with it whereas me I'm like oh yes finally like this thing that I want to learn mm-hmm. more about it and, and understand more is in a book or in a movie or whatever, which is how I best understand the world is through having those stories. So I think it's just a, I don't think it's a one or the other. I mean, I think as long as you're not like being an asshole about oh, it, yeah. you it's know, kind of like
0: I'm like, Oh my God, a gay couple. I hope they break up. Yeah,
2: no, it's just, it's just, I think I want it's, to, to me, what it sounds like is I want that representation more, uh, to enhance my understanding of that dynamic and you already have a deeper understanding of of said dynamic and so you want a manifestation of what you would like for like your sister to have of like a healthy happy right. relationship so it's all just life experience but going back to the life experience of 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 comac because i really don't know what his motivation was to leave and and what he what what did Daniel Jose older want us to feel when he walked away? Like, because I felt nothing and I don't know if I'm missing something or. No,
0: that's my that's my point. We don't have enough time with these characters to feel any kind of impact. I think maybe it meant. I don't know if it necessarily meant anything or was any kind of reflection on an individual more so than showing us the state and the difference of what it was like to walk away then compared to what we know it's like to walk away now, if that makes sense.
2: Expand on that. What do you mean?
0: I don't want to say it was easy, right? Like like his decision, yes, it was a serious one. It was a big one. It was a seemingly impactful one. But it didn't seem to necessarily shock the way Ahsoka left. And Ahsoka Mm. was just, in reality, a Padawan. And seeing everyone around her's reaction to her leaving, everyone else had this crazy reaction to it. It really adjusted so many lives. And yes, it is in part because we're those are the the protagonists that we're stuck with. That's the eyes we're seeing the story through. But you get the sensation and the understanding that when someone, by the time we come to know Star Wars, for like I know it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but I'll say for present day and time, by the time we get to present day in time of Star Wars, that's a major decision, and that seems to be a very rare decision where maybe the almost downplay and insignificance of Komac leaving was to show just that maybe this was more commonplace maybe this was more accepted
2: okay i yeah and i guess so there's that yoda flashback scene with cantum where he lets him make that decision and i i loved that because i think Yoda's an interesting character because we kind of have, like, the two versions of Yoda. We have, like, the wise, you know, mentor Yoda who lets his, you know, apprentices make their mistakes and learn from them. And he's just there to to guide them and ask the questions that need to be asked, like a great teacher. And then we have General Yoda who is trying to keep the Order together and the Republic together. And here I think we get more of that, that wise sage because he allows kind of like he does with Luke he allows Canton to make his own decision even though he knows what the consequence is going to be like i this yoda that we have in this flashback scene trust the force so much i
0: really like that scene yeah. i really like that scene and and that's why i i hope that when we're going back you know 150 years i'm happy that phase 1 was not crazy reliant on Yoda. I'm really, really happy that Mm -hmm. it was not just the Yoda prequel set. With that in mind, though, now understanding what we do about where the Jedi were and about the different relationships with Yoda, um, because it seems like people really did foster a lot more one-on-one relationships, I would love to see that form a little bit more. I'm not saying I need Yoda as a primary character in every single book in Phase 2, but I wouldn't mind at least one kind of Yoda-centric story or for him to be a bigger player.
2: I want to come back to that because I I have an idea about how that could possibly play out that I want to run by you. Okay. But I want to stick in this flashback scene for just a second before we divulge from that or divert from that because... We see this Yoda who trusts in the Force so much that he he lets his apprentice go, make his mistakes, knowing that the Force will guide him to where he's supposed to be. He has that unbreakable faith. Does Dooku break that faith in an apprentice being able to make the right choice? Does he break it a little bit, causing Yoda to slide more towards an institutionalized Jedi Order of the prequels?
0: I think you're you're onto something, you know? And, and I'm trying to find a way to be devil's advocate, but my mind was kind of going to the same place where it's one thing to say, as you put it, Yoda had this un, unshakable faith that even if he left, it would be the right thing and, and it would be okay. Whereas Dooku, he maybe starts to become a little bit more extremist in his thinking where Mm -hmm. to him, it's either Jedi or evil. And even though only says deal in absolutes, he himself is starting to rationalize things in kind of a different way because of what he's come to know and what he's seen. So I don't know if I wouldn't say necessarily what happened with Dooku was the ultimate pivot where it then became zero to 60 But it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. And I would be very interested to see what happens in that, you know, 300-year span to start adding those straws to the camel's back.
2: Well, and I think when you look at it, like, the letting Candom go is is very reflective of um, the end of Dooku Jedi Lost, where he... Let's Dooku go. He doesn't try to stop him. He even, if I remember correctly, even lets him keep his lightsaber and is like, even though you're not in the Jedi Order, you're still a Jedi, basically. And and it's very much about you know being a Jedi is about the way you live your life, not about being a part of a member of some organization. Which then we get to, you no, know, the Jedi are part of an organization, and it becomes very insular to Luke, where it's kind of a. Uh, a a mix of the two where we want to keep this institution alive because of what it promises to people, but also you don't have to fit and conform into this singular thing. So to me, as it stands right now, that's kind of the rise and fall of of Yoda's plot arc, if you will, um, for me, but to go to, that's a
0: really interesting point. I like that a lot.
2: So to go, to go back to what you were talking about. So we do get Yoda, I will nitpick and say it was a very com- convenient plot device to just like have Yoda show up and then everything's better. <laughs> uh, it very much made me no, think no, of no, wait, because
0: because I will say they I I think D J O did a really good job of planting little seeds of Yoda throughout the story, where it yeah. wasn't just like oh we need this we're gonna gonna hop to the flashback and and have this major character. I think that people referenced him kind of just enough to understand why it was a little bit more needed. So so that'll be my my only two cents on that.
2: That's fair. It, it to me it felt very much like what JJ uh, Abrams talked about with Luke Skywalker in Force Awakens. Like anytime you have him show up, he's just gonna come and just whoop everybody's butt. Like there's you can't not have him do that when he comes in. And I, I feel a little bit like that with Yoda here, but um, the the execution of it was rock solid and that's a good point about how uh yoda was present throughout the the story without being present throughout the story so Mm -hmm. and and i could be missing something uh because i i haven't kept up with the comics but the leveler is this this mystery uh monster that is existing that's sucking the life force out of of the Jedi and cutting them off from the Force and creating these little corn husks of Jedi bodies. Do you think that Yoda not being present, he's been off on some mission that nobody really knows about could connect back to what we're going to get in this phase two in that Yoda in this, this, phase two that we're going to get 150 years before discovers something about this creature or has an experience with this creature that then leads to his disappearance during phase one which will lead to phase three where he has the knowledge to help the jedi overcome that thus becoming grandmaster Because he's not Grandmaster right now. The, There's a different Grandmaster. The
0: only, reason, the only reason I'm not totally dead set on Yeah, that's entirely possible is to go back to our other previous point of should Yoda be a protagonist in this time? Should he be what the story is centered around or should we keep it to this story about the Jedi Order entirely and the universe and the galaxy in, in the entire day? I think if this is the setup, you are then not only having Yoda be what High Republic is all about for Phase Two, but then also for Phase Three. So that's the only reason why I'm really hesitant to say yes there. Okay, I think. And also, though, in 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 hindsight, have we confirmed that Phase Three? There's been so many announcements and changes of announcements. Have we confirmed that Phase Three will go back to? post phase one. Like what if phase three goes back even farther?
2: Uh, we have not, I'm working under that idea just because it's a very star Wars thing to do to go back to the past and then to the sequels. So
0: to the future.
2: Yeah. So I feel like they're, they're using kind of a, uh, a film model in that sense, but to kind of wrap up, uh, What do you think, because, you know, we talked about how this book has a lot going on. There's a lot of characters, uh, you know, all of this stuff is happening both in this book and then the context of everything around it. What do you think the major theme was for this book? What was the point that Daniel Jose Older is trying to make with this story?
0: I think we kind of touched on it before where it really is more so about relationships Um, specifically that kind of one-to-one relationship with any given person. Mm. I I think that was the major theme. And like I said, something that I'm really happy that High Republic explored because off the top of my head, with the exception of Master and Apprentice, Mm -hmm. I don't think we necessarily opened up those floodgates in the new canon. You know, obviously in... In Legends um, and and a little bit in Clone Wars, uh, in for canon, um, but for the most part, we haven't really opened that up, um, and and what attachment means and why it might be forbidden, and and some of the pros and cons. Um, I think that those individual emotional attachments and what it means to, you know, does it stop you from living a good life for others, or does it help you living a good life for others? I think that was kind of the major theme, uh, partially for all of High Republic, but mostly for this story in general.
2: Yeah, I, I think we, right now, we have a very, like, almost black and white interpretation of attachment. You know, we have obsessive attachment of Anakin and the selfless attachment of Luke but there's no nuance to it um not and nece- not that that's necessarily a bad thing but I think just as readers and as, you know, content consumers we are we're at a higher stage than just like the black and white, right? Stories are moving towards more of this gray Uh, area where it doesn't always answer everything but it forces you to ask questions about your own life you know Um, we see all kinds of stories like that becoming more and more successful Um, so I think yeah I think you're spot on with that because we have so many different types of relationships in here Um, but for me the major theme was actually more insular and and your identity and where you get your identity from and how Mm. your identity is not bound up by Labels of Jedi or uh, Nile or uh, bodyguard, but your identity comes from what you're willing to stand up for and where you're going to draw your line in the sand, or if you're going to draw your line in the sand, uh, and and what what will cause that line to move, what will cause that line to be drawn in the first place, um, and ironically. I got that theme mostly through Crash uh, because Crash is very, very open of like, I'm not a bodyguard anymore. Ha, here, here's the theme, right? Uh, in, in her very cartoonish uh, kind of way we were talking about earlier. But then that got me thinking about all the other characters. I'm like, you know, it kind of, you know, Wreath struggles with that, you know, and, and he's claiming this new identity as a Jedi Knight. And uh, Ram is, you know, very upfront with his identity um, and seems very comfortable in his own skin while his friends around him seem to be struggling a little bit, you know, zine in particular, I'm thinking about of finding that identity and letting that old life go and that new life, uh, you know, come and opening yourself to those possibilities, which, you know, is not something that we've gotten a lot of in these stories. I think the sequel trilogy Tried to delve into it a little bit more with Ray and Ben, but it's always, for the most part, I'm, I'm speaking in broad terms here, it's been very much like, I'm a Jedi, I'm a Sith, I'm, you know, and that's yeah. it. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, even in the animated shows, it's very clear when, like, this is what the good person does, this is what the bad person mm-hmm. does, whereas here you're getting more of those like zine questioning herself. Like, am I a bad person for wanting to take down this person that I once felt like I loved and cared about? Like, is that a statement on me? Am I too oh, far gone was, to do something good?
0: Even, even the point of like, I'm protecting the person who caused me harm. Like yeah. que- questions like that. I think were it, it was just that there were so many of them in so many different ways, it was hard to really get the point of it. So the, I'm, I'm amazed that you and I really came from opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what the theme was, where I'm sitting here saying it's all about what's outside of yourself, and you're saying about, no, it's all about how you internalize things. Yeah. And and I'm not sure if if that is necessarily the mark of a great book or if it's the mark of a really bad book where we're both sitting here and we... I, I think when you say the theme of a book is this, it should be pretty standard and it should be pretty easy to dissect, but the fact that you and I are sitting here coming from such opposite ends saying, no, this is this is what I thought the theme was, and you're saying this is what I thought... I'm not sure either one really hit home, if that's the case.
2: But I would argue that's true for... Just about every High Republic book, like
0: yeah, yeah, and and again, maybe that's why it's not necessarily my favorite or your favorite.
2: Yeah, like I think Light of the Jedi and Test of Courage, I would say, have pretty clear cut ones. But then once you get to the other books, when things start to complicate more, like you have bigger themes, you know, like what we get with Stellan and, and Elzar in. Uh, Fallen Star, but I don't know if any of them really have like a this is one theme. I think the themes are more centered around the characters and I'm just thinking about it. I think if I were in charge of this production, I would have the adult novels following a set of characters, the YA novels following a set of characters, and the middle grade novels following a set of characters and they've loosely done that. Mm-hmm. Like Vernestra and Emery are mostly in There's been the, some
0: overlap, but yeah, yeah for, like, for the most
2: part, let's have, let's have the adult novels are centered around Elzar and Stellan and Avar and you get their stories there and other characters can come in, but we're not going to spend point of view time with them. We're going to spend point of view time with these three characters and then maybe from there, we would have more centralized themes. But again, we are literally in phase one., uh, we are in, I mean, it's kind of weird if you think about like a, a plot story, we have the climax. We have the big, you know, thing that happens, But now we're going back and we're getting the rising action of that and and we're gonna see what built to that. And I think maybe, that's the thing i'm trying to keep in perspective with this whole thing is we have at best a third of the story cuz we know there's three mm. phases we have a third of the story hmm. we have the phantom menace we have a new hope we have the force awakens like
0: i just i just think it's amazing too that i mean honestly like for this the story is not about a character the story is about
2: the jedi like, there's no one mm. character that we're tracking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's wrap it up and give our, our final scores. And I, I have a feeling I know where we're going to fall, but I'll let you go. You started at three. Um, are you going now? I'm
0: going to keep mine as three Um, because, again, while I can recognize some of the, the higher points of this and some of the, the nuances of this, uh, the reason why I said earlier I was going to very maturely give it a three, it is because parts of it were just too childish and too cartoonish for me. Um, if I if I had the word wizard one more time, I thought I was just going to come out a window. Hey, uh, <laughs> you watch
2: your mouth. That was wizard.
0: I, you know, I was I was wondering too if you were going to make me do a star rating based on how many wizards it. Really <laughs> was.
2: Yo, I love I was knowing like, where that well, comes it gave from it though. Eighty. Oh, oh, see, my. I hate it. I oh, hate no, it. that's one of those ones I'm like, it's far enough mm-hmm. back. I'm like, yeah, I, lo- I dig it.
0: No, no, for me, it just it took away. too. But but little stuff like that, I was like, this is I just want a little bit more. That's fair. Complexity, I think. But that's that's why when I say I maturely give it three stars, it's because I'm able to overlook things like that and, and get to the meteor stuff that it did give us.
2: Okay. I'm going to bump it up to a 3.5 because I think the things that I liked, I still like the things that I didn't like. I still don't, don't love as much, but I think in talking about this, there are very clear cut things to me that he, that DJO is doing in the story in terms of relationship dynamics and, Ideas about the order and institutions and things like that—that that, uh, I really appreciate and and I'm I really enjoyed uh, him getting into and uh, really this third wave is getting into that a little bit more overall um, and I think everybody's executing on that. I think it's not a four for me simply because the plot was a little bland and and maybe this is just my personal bias, but I didn't love any of the characters. I wasn't emotionally attached to any of the characters. Like this one, I was waiting for all of them to die (laughs) and then nobody died. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that goes on the pros or cons list, but it just, it was. So (laughs) I, I think again, I think, you know, uh, he ha- he had an idea that he wanted to execute, and he executed it well. Uh, and then it just comes down to, is this your kind of story, or are you into uh, something a little bit more intimate? Because this is not a, it's not as much an intimate book where, as much as it is a, like you were saying, the main character is the Jedi Order. I feel like that's truer for this book than possibly any of them since light of the Mm. jedi so uh yeah so there we go guys we got it you got through our conversation of midnight horizon and uh we are going to be back with more high republic once more high republic comes out Uh, i don't think we have any release dates for those yet um i could be mistaken
0: i'd be willing to bet they're gonna announce some release dates more at a celebration
2: Yeah, I would imagine. We do have plenty of books uh, that have been announced. We've got Queen's Hope. That'll be our next episode. And we're going to have, remember, we're going to have that little uh, teaser at the end there for you to listen to. So if you want to check out this book, uh, we will have Shadow of the Sith, uh, the Han and Leia novel. There's all kinds of stuff coming out. So I'm excited. As much as I'm enjoying The High Republic, I'm excited to take a little bit of a break from it uh, in terms of, new books coming out and trying out some new stuff so we will have all of that here and you can keep up with us on all our social medias which are linked in the show notes twitter instagram at clashing sabers our facebook group uh star wars clashing sabers and of course our patreon which gets uh books into classrooms across the country uh so far we've been able to impact thousands of kids uh because of donors like you i feel like i'm like on npr right now Because of donors like (laughs) you. But it's true. Donors like you. um, So, Lindsay, if they want to keep up with you and all your shenanigans, where can they do that?
0: Honestly, best place to get me is on our uh, Clashing Sabers Facebook group. Just be sure you actually tag me. Um, I think I'm probably the only Lindsay Gadotti not just in the Facebook group but on Facebook. But if you want to argue any of these points or give us ideas for other shows, um, go on to that group tag me there, and you can also always hear me uh, over on Sith Talk as well.
2: Absolutely. And if you're interested uh, in High Republic and keeping up with everything, I did post. I did not make it. Uh, I I found it through another group and was not able to um, see exactly where it came from, but I did find a document that has uh, visual images of all the Jedi and the books that they oh, are in for that. High Republic.
0: That was so good, and so, it shows the, what level Jedi they are, and even their lightsaber color. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna print that out. That's gonna be my my bookmark for uh, future books. Is gonna be on my bedside table uh, for sure. But if you want that, that's available over there. And if you know uh, who created it, if you guys can find it. Uh, tag them because i don't want to take credit for something that somebody else obviously put a lot of time and work into um so appreciate that and uh yeah guys until next time keep reading keep writing but whatever you do don't burn the sacred text
1: say something about the mother (laughs) (laughs) say something nice about chapter one For one of the very few times in her life, Padme Amidala had no idea what to do. She kept secrets all the time, but this one was different. Usually, the girls she shared her secrets with also helped her keep them. They weren't just her confidants. They held her web of secrets together. And this time, she was alone. A faint whirring from the corner of the room reminded her This was not entirely true. There were other beings who would keep this secret with her, though not very many. The only problem was that none of them could help her right now. At least, she was pretty sure. It never hurt to ask. I don't suppose you know anything about dressmaking? She asked the little blue R2 unit. He turned his dome back and forth, mimicking a humanoid shaking their head and beeped perhaps more sorrowfully than the situation really called for. Padme thanked him anyway. There was no reason to be rude. She returned to the contemplation of the fabric in her lap. There wasn't enough for a whole new dress, but she hadn't been expecting that. The cloth had been in her family for several generations, each person given a piece of it to incorporate into their wedding clothes. Her sister, who had chosen not to marry had used her portion to make clothes for her daughters, showing that she welcomed new additions to the family. It hurt, a little bit, to be doing this alone. Anakin didn't understand, but she couldn't really expect him to. He understood family, of course, and wanting to maintain a tradition. It was clothing he was a bit less familiar with. She appreciated that his compassion led him to give her time and space to work on a solution, though. They were in a bit of a hurry. R2-D2 chirruped again, and when he had her attention, he projected a holographic image between them. It was familiar art, one of the windows from Theed Palace that had been replaced after the Battle of Naboo. This one featured her, when she was queen. Surrounded by orange-cloaked handmaidens, the droid's suggestion was clear. "'I can't, R2.' Padme told him. It caused her nearly physical pain to say it. What we're doing has to be a secret. I can't bring them into this. The projection changed to a net image taken during the victory celebrations ten years ago. Queen Amidala stood in white next to the Gungan leader, Boss Nass, surrounded by members of her court. R2-D2 zoomed in on one handmaiden in particular and beeped encouragingly. I don't know, R2, Padme said. It doesn't seem fair to ask for help and not give any details. The droid made a sound that somehow managed to replicate a shrug, and the image disappeared. Padme considered his suggestion. She wasn't asking for help as queen or senator this time. That would have been normal and easy. She was asking for help as Padme, and somehow... That made everything messy and complicated. She thought she knew where the boundaries were, but she rarely tested them. She wasn't very good at asking the girls to help her as a friend. They'd spent too much time at work. But they were friends. What she shared with her handmaidens, current and former, was a friendship so deep that it included large parts of her heart. She mourned for Corday and Versailles even as she rejoiced at the successes the others had found beyond her sphere of influence. Surely she, Padme, could ask for this. Decision made, she gathered the fabric so as not to trip on it, stood up, and made her way over to the communications console.
2: All right, by this point, you know how this goes. Their stuff, their stuff. Our stuff, our stuff. Not associated with Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy, give me a call. Dave Filoni, I'm there if you need me. Our thoughts, they're our thoughts. They don't reflect Lucasfilm or anybody else associated with this stuff. So, if you don't like it, we're sorry. If you do like it, great. Let us know either way on iTunes, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Rate us, review us, share us, tell your friends about us. And it, whatever you do, just don't burn the sacred text.